Welcome to the Build Your Own Table podcast. I'm your host, Nakia Gray, intellectual property attorney, business coach, author, wife, momager, and biz bestie. I know that creating and leveraging intellectual property is how the wealthiest people in the world acquired their wealth, and I believe it's how you should too. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring and motivating women, particularly women of color, to tap into their own creative genius and use it to create, protect, and monetize their intellectual property so they can build wealth through entrepreneurship. My guests and I are going to share our stories of how we got tired of waiting for someone to give us a seat at the table, so we built our own. If you're tired of shrinking to fit into spaces that weren't designed for you, you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Build Your Own Table podcast. I am your host, Nakia Gray, and I cannot wait for you all to hear from today's guest. She is one of my absolute favorite people on earth. We have Wendy S. Meadows with us today. Wendy S. Meadows Esquire with us today. Wendy is a force who is not afraid to shake things up and get things done. She embraces the fact that she also gets to be two things at once, a lawyer and a coach, but on her terms. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Wendy practiced family law exclusively for 15 years. In that time, she became a partner in five years, a managing partner in 10, and then went solo at 13. However, she knew there was something more for her. In true Wendy fashion, she applied some sparkle and grit to her own life and made a leap of faith to become a certified life coach so that she could help her professional comrades beat the burnout, feel heard, and find success in a way that feels good to them. Women who life coach with Wendy say that she transforms their habits and outlook on life. Today, you will see Wendy coaching clients one-on-one, coaching small firms, running her group Sparkle and Grit, speaking at events, and mediating family law disputes. Welcome to my good friend, colleague, client, just all around BFF, all things good. Wendy, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. I think this is my favorite podcast I've ever been on, so super excited. Yeah. So I am so delighted um, to have you and you, you know, I, before I, before this podcast even launched, I said to you, we've got to have people hear your story. And I say that because so many women feel what you felt at that time when you were in law practice and you, you clearly had a thriving career. Okay. You were a partner. This is what we, you know, when we go to law school, for many of us, that's our dream. And so you achieved all of those things, yet there was something that just wasn't quite right and you wanted more. So I want you to, let's start by just telling our listeners a little bit about your your story, how you got to law school, what made you go, and then how you, you know, tell us about your career and your journey in the law. Sure. Um, How I got to law school. Well, Probably the biggest reason is I knew my whole life I wanted to help kids in some way. And I wasn't in it. That changed, you know, throughout, you know, my many years, my many years, you know, but that changed, you know, many, many times until I realized I really like to read and write. I really like to explore text and pull out what would best help like my position in like an essay paper or something like that. And I was trying to figure out, well, how can I apply this to kids? And I'm like, I can represent children, you know, going through divorce. And that was true to my heart because my parents got divorced when I was young. I didn't feel like I had a voice in that process. 
everything happened just fine, but I just didn't feel like I had a voice and I wanted to make sure I could offer other children a voice in their divorce process. So that that's the main reason why I went to law school. And that's why I chose family law as well. Now, see, I've known you all these years and I've never asked you that question. So I did not know that. <laughs> there you go. So, so let's talk about law school. So, you know, cause a lot of people go to law school just because it seems like the next step, right? But you, you had clear intention and clear purpose in what you wanted your life to, what you wanted to do in life. So when you graduated and you went, to, tell us about your first job, your first law firm job out of law school. Oh goodness. Well, and here's the thing. I did lose my way a little bit in law school, right? So okay. I knew why I wanted to go to law school and then I got there and then the bright and shiny attracted me. A little bit. So my first summer, I worked for National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Amazing. You know, it was amazing. And then the bright and shiny attracted me in terms of, oh, should I work for a big firm? And I did not get one of the big firm summer associate jobs, but I got a job at a small firm in Baltimore, a, a small big firm for Baltimore, right? But not right. a big firm in terms of like DC, New York standards. And the bright and shiny definitely attracted me, but I was I was bored. You know, I was bored. I didn't love the work. I didn't love a lot of the things. And also, to be honest, I didn't get the offer. Had I got, had I received the offer, I would have gone. Um, I'm really, that is one of those things that I'm like, thank Now, God. let me ask you this, Wendy, was this, what type of law was, the, were you, pre were you doing there? It was like, I don't even remember, to be honest with you. Like, it wasn't well, that, that, that clearly tells us it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> It wasn't. It was just, it was about the paycheck. At the time, it was about the paycheck. And it was about, not not just the paycheck, it was about the prestige, right? Like, oh, like, and it seemed like a track I should be on. And it was one of those things, when I didn't get the offer, I was devastated. But then it made me really think about, well, what do I actually want to do? And why did I go to law school? Well, Wendy, you went to law school because you wanted to help children. Okay, so let's get back on track there. So, yeah, I did. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, so this firm that you were at that you made, let me look at this. You made partner in five years, which is impressive. Impressive. Tell us, how did you do that? How, how did you stand out um, and, and get them to see your value to elevate you to partner? I think a couple of things happened there. So I think the reason it happened in five years is because when I was looking at this firm, so that I, Right after law school, I did join a small firm in Towson, you know, not the firm that I had summered at, clearly. And when I was going back and forth with my offer letter there, um, I was sharing that with my father. And I said, hey, dad, you know, what do you think about this? You know, what questions should I be asking? And he said, you need to ask them where they see you in five years. I'm like, I should. Mm. He's like, yeah. And I still have a copy of that email. It was like my old Yahoo email from a million years ago, but I've have it printed it out. I have it in a folder. I know exactly where it is. And I, he had me ask all of these questions. And that was one of them. Where do you see me in five years? So I think, and this kind of comes to the sparkle and grit thing. Mm -hmm. Can I stop you there for one second? Because I really want to touch on this point, right? Wendy, for our listeners who may not be able to see her, Wendy is a beautiful white woman. And so my guess is that Wendy's dad is a white man. Am I correct? And so, <laughs> am I right? Okay, good. And so the reason I am pulling this out is because so many of us do not understand and own our power. And I just 
have chills at the fact that your dad was instilling this in you at a young age. We go to these interviews for many of us, right? Women in particular, uh, particularly women of color, right? We go into these interviews and we are so desperate for them to choose us. And I am elated at the fact that your dad said to you, no, 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 daughter Wendy, my beautiful Wendy, you are an asset. You have power, you have value. So let's ask that you, he, he really helped you flip the script, right? Because he, he, he had you interview them to say, where do you see me? Because based on your answer, that's going to make a determination whether I feel that this is the right firm for me. And I absolutely love that. And I just needed to underscore that. Okay, so back to, back to the touch of sparkling grit. He's going to be so thrilled when he listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So well, I think he did something cool there, exactly like you just said, but it also helped lodge an idea in their brain that I need to be somewhere in five years, yes. right? It's not just like, oh, you're going to be hanging around. I'm like, no, in five years, where is Wendy going to be? Oh, well, hopefully yes. she will be partner. And that's what they wrote back in the email that I still have. Yes. Well, in five years, the expectation is if you're doing all the things you need to be doing is that you would be partner. So that set the scene like super early. So I feel like that was young. I, I think I became partner first out of most of my friends and contemporaries and colleagues, I think more of my friends are more at seven, eight, nine years. So that, yeah. was mm-hmm. huge. that was huge. What else did you ask me? What else did you ask me? Well, you were saying it really, that's oh. re- really where you found, I mean, you know, right now your, your company, um, you have this sparkling grit. And so you, you feel that at that moment, there was something in that, that kind of touched on that. And I will, I'd love to hear that. Well, I'll come, can we come back to that? Sure. I want to say the other piece that made me partner in five years the other piece that got me the partner in five years okay well let's say no the sparkle so sparkle and grit the sparkle of that that we'll talk on probably later as well is that we lodged the idea in their brain so we were all already future casting wendy we were all already setting okay what is wendy's plan for five years to future the sparkle the excitement is partner like that's the exciting thing right so that's the sparkle the grit is the freaking work. So the grit is like the work I did for those five years. So my first year when I was, my salary was not so exciting. You know, my first several years, I would say. I think I, we can all relate to that. <laughs> I worked so freaking hard. I think I got into the office every day between 7 and 8 a.m. I stayed every day until 6 or 7 p.m. Even on Fridays, I came in on the weekends. They said, I said, how high? Like I worked my butt off and same thing. Like, and I was saying this to a group of um, high school students the other day, I was judging a mock trial and I was giving them some advice, but like I had a scheduling, you know, I mean, you know this, we had a settlement conference. It was my first case that was my own. I was probably 18 months in being an attorney and had a settlement conference. You know, they last like an hour. I prepared for that settlement conference all day, the day before, (laughs) all day. I had like outlines. I had this, I had that, but because I did so, I got a good result for my client. The attorney on the other side who I adore and who is very well regarded, and I'd say in the Baltimore community, she probably did not spend all day like looking at the case, but like I, because I did, I had so much confidence because as you know, in family law, like Half the battle is just being prepared and knowing exactly budget, right. So that's, I did a lot of that. And then, so two years into me being at this firm, so the firm was two people, one of the people left. Um, so it was just the partner and myself. It was the partner, myself, and a paralegal. 
and something switched in my brain when the male partner left. So it was all female then too at that time. Every question for the firm, I took it upon myself, any act I took or that I was looking on for my firm, I said, well, how would a partner look at this? How mm. would it be good for the firm? You know, what can we do for the firm? Like, does this make sense for the firm? No. Does this make sense for the firm? Yes. And I would advocate that we do those things that make sense for the firm. And I maybe wasn't a partner, partner, but I treated myself as a partner in the way I thought like a partner. And that is how I discuss things with my boss. Still respectfully, like she was still in charge, but that was how I, that was the lens I saw everything through. Okay, yeah. what's best for the firm? How do we do this? And then I think I think those are the two things that really got me there. I love that. You know, one of the things, as you know, I am in um, the club with Rachel Rogers. And one of the things that Rachel says all the time, she says this in her book, We Should All Be Millionaires. And she says this a lot. And it like, it's like one of my mantras, it is become her now. And so a lot of times we are waiting, right? We're like, okay, I want to be this millionaire. I want to be this partner. I want to be, you know, the head of my own company. I want to run a, you know, multi-million dollar business or whatever our goal is, right? And we we act as if we have to wait until that happens to begin to, to do certain things, to think a certain way, to speak a certain way and to make decisions from that vantage point. And so one of the things that she said that is just so profound to me is to be her now. I can be, and so, and that's what you embodied, right? Like you, you, you had this desire that from before you even accepted your offer that you were going to be partner at this firm, right? You knew this was, this was coming. Daddy said it and you said it and, and they said it, right? So we're all on the same page that in five years, Wendy's going to become partner. But Wendy didn't need to wait until five years to become partner. She became, she started making decisions from that vantage point you know, two years in. And I love that. That is, I think that that's so profound. And it certainly led to, my guess would be if, if I were interviewing the partners, led to you, then making you partner, right? Because you, you, you had, you had it all right there. You were already there. You were there before you got there. Right. Yep. I love, I love I wrote that. that down too. Be her now. I wrote that. Be down. her now. Be her now. Yeah. Okay. So you become partner. And then, so how do you go from partner to managing partner? So when I see things that can be running better, I, I love efficiency. I yes. really love efficiency. And when I see things that can run more efficiently, I tend to be like, take them on and just like run with them on my own. So when I was on my maternity leave with my son, so this was about, I was like five, six years in at this point. Uh, I switched our whole billing software. We were using time slips at the time and I moved us over to Clio. So I've been using Clio since like 2011, a really, yeah. really long time. And again, it was like that, okay, how can we make this firm run more efficiently? So I took over Clio. When I took over Clio, I was the expert in Clio. So then I was in charge of doing the billing. And then um, as time went on, uh, we started, I guess as time went on, I also saw that we could do like the QuickBooks and the booking and the bookkeeping yeah. more efficiently. And I knew I could do it quicker, better, faster than how it was being done at the time. So I took that on as well. So what I'm hearing, Wendy, is, is you started running this doggone firm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just sort of did it. And then like, yeah, I'm pretty approachable, right? I'm, I'm 
pretty approachable. So I would say with regard to HR, a lot of people came to me. So if the paralegals were upset about something or they needed a voice or et cetera, I would say a lot of those meetings happened in my office and then I took it to the other partners. Um, or if I saw something I thought we should change, like I went, I'm like, okay, guys, let's go change this. You know, and sometimes I got friction and pushback and sometimes yeah. I didn't, you know, and I think the website too, I think we're like, okay, guys, like we, we need to become the people of the times. We need to have a, like a better website. Like, what do we need to do to get this done? So I just, when I see issues, I just want to go fix them and make them better. And that's what, that's what leaders do. That's what head of law firms should be doing. And so it's no, it's a no brainer that you would be elevated to, to help with that because you, you were making decisions and doing things that were helping the firm to move forward. Right. Okay. So life is good. Wendy, life sounds pretty doggone sweet to me. You're a partner at a well-regarded, well-respected firm. You've got a thriving career. Why wasn't that enough for you, Miss Wendy? It just wasn't. <laughs> so, you know, I read a lot of different things and I say I left the firm for like a lot of different reasons. There wasn't one overall reason on why okay. I left, but I just, but when, you know, when you read all these personal development books and like you read book after book about what's your goal and where's your life going to take you and like yeah. all these amazing things, I just more and more felt like I was living a lie. I, I felt like I would read this stuff. I'm like, I'm not where I want to be. This I'm not, I just wasn't happy. I wasn't happy for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons too was I knew there was something more for me. Yeah. And I would look around and I would look at my colleagues who I appreciate and who I adore, but I was looking at all of them, you know, like the Baltimore County, like family law crew. And it's like, I don't want to be doing this in 20 years. Yeah. Like I, I just, I don't want to be doing this in 20 years for a lot of reasons. One, like family law litigation is brutal because it's, you don't have to tell me, <laughs> you know, because at some point too, yeah. you start caring more about your clients and their yes. lives than your own family's lives. Yes. That's not yes. okay. Like that's not good. Um, number two, like working at a firm and with other people, you know, we have certain expectations. And even though I was working damn hard, my I needed more flexibility and I couldn't be in the office all the time. I just couldn't. I needed to be more picking up, dropping off my kids. I needed to be yeah. here more at home. And even though they never, ever were upset with me for not being there, I didn't feel like a team player. You know, yes. and I know the firm too wanted to grow. They wanted to have more associates, which I respected. But I wasn't in a place where I could groom an associate and make yes. them become who they want to be. I know I would do a really good job at it, but like I, I can't when I'm raising my two own little people and my little people matter more. Yes. You know, than and they should. Them. And they should. And they should. So so how does so tell me where coaching comes in then? How do you, you know, you leave the firm, you have your own solo practice. Again, you're doing amazing. I know this, right? You're doing amazing. Um, and and you thought so. Yeah, let's let's talk about this. So you thought that it was that you needed to leave the firm and start your own practice, right? Two things. So sort of. So okay. I knew there was something more. So it also so in 2016, so I left the firm in 2018. In 2016, I became a health and wellness coach sort of accidentally. Yes. Sort of happened to me. And I loved it. I loved it. I started every morning pouring into women, having women pour into me. And for like one hour every morning, it was like this, um, it just felt so good. And I was coaching, yeah. it was like health and wellness coaching, but I was coaching them. And I noticed my whole outlook on life changed. 
I noticed that how I talked to my family law clients completely changed, completely transformed. And again, like, I'm like, if I'm going to practice fam, I, I need to leave. I don't quite know what's happening next. I know I can do family law, but I need to figure out, do I want to do family law or is this something else for me? Yeah. At the time, I thought the company would be lawfully lean. That didn't quite work out, which <laughs> I remember. But like, I knew that, but I'm like, what is this lawfully lean? What could it be? Like, how could I coach in a different way? And I thought it would be un unfair two ways. If I stayed at the firm and grew lawfully lean, um, and it took me away from practice billing as many hours as I need to bill. Yes. I didn't think that would be fair to my partners. That, that yes. just wouldn't be fair if I really wanted to grow this other thing. But on the flip side, um, I didn't want to share it either. Because what if my right. partner's like, oh, well, you're doing this on firm time, like lawfully lean should be part of the firm. And like, yes. I didn't want to share it. Like, I wanted it to be mine, you know? So, you know, yeah. I didn't want to be, I was a little selfish, but I also didn't want to, if it went the other way, to, to like hurt them. So those yeah. are two reasons I left. So leaving, I knew there was something else for me. And really, I didn't figure out coaching the way I coach now until until you and I did our work together. So yes. that that's what that was the next step. You know, I did two years on my own at the law firm, um, just plain old working. But I'm again, I still knew there was something more. And I needed that time to figure it out, right? I needed two years. Yeah. I succeeded. That firm was going amazing. It still is going amazing. Yes. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I think that the, the part about you that I admire is you listen to yourself, right? Like you, you really value your, and you honor those feelings because I think that sometimes people, it's really, really hard when, you know, this is one word in the English language that I absolutely hate. It's the word should. And I think that the word should keeps so many of us captive because we think we, well, I should be here. I should be married by now. We should have had children. I should be partner. I should, I should, I should, right? So we have these shoulds. And I think that, you know, one thing that I admire about you is that you, you didn't, you, you didn't allow the should to keep you stagnant, right? There's something inside that said, something's not quite right. This, this isn't it. I'm not done. And you leaned into it. You explored it and you really allowed that to develop. And that's why you have this amazing business now, because, you know, if you would have did your shit, well, I left, I just left this firm to start lawfully lean. I should just keep, you know, I should just stay in this place, but you honored yourself in seeing that, you know, I know that this was, you know, a huge decision. My firm is doing amazing, but there's something still there that I need to explore. I want to get to that place of like, now I am in my zone. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I like that you, you know, invested in yourself. You and I did a lot of great work together where this really came to fruition for you. And so now, and that's been a couple of years now since we worked together. So I'd love to hear um, you just really talk about, you know, where you are now and, and what's next. Cause I know that you already know, cause you live your life in the future. Oh, and I also want to say this, and I will make sure that I link to this in the show notes. You put me onto a book um, that I forgot about until you were talking today about this future thing. You told me about future boards 
And it really changed the way I think about, you know, seeing myself in the future and what I want out of the future. And, um, and so I love that. So I will make sure that I link to that in the notes because I know that book was life-changing for me and I appreciate you for, for telling me about it. So talk to us about for where you're going, where are you right now? And what do you see? What are you working towards? Sure. So, but, and also the only reason I am here, I want to be clear is because of you. Like I, uh-huh. you know, and I, it's right back at you that you're one of my favorite people and like, I, I remember meeting you, I remember meeting you so clearly, you know, the Maryland, some MSBA event. Yeah. And I, when I saw, I'm like, I just need to get in the same room as her. I just need to be in the same room. And then when you offered the coaching and I talked to, I think one of your assistants at the time, and she was telling me how it works. I'm like, I don't care. Just, I don't care what it is. Just like, here's the money. Like, just like sign me up. Like I get to talk to Nikia once a week for three months. Amazing. Like, let's just, yeah. like, you don't need to sell me. Like I'm here. Like I, I didn't even know what I was getting. I didn't know what exactly we were do- doing. I was just so excited to be in the same room as you for like three months. So that was- That warms my heart, Wendy. It really does. It really does. It just, it changed my life, you know? So I remember we were talking and at one point, and I'm doing all my homework that you did, that, you know, you had me do. And then you said, Wendy, do you see yourself as a coach? Or something like, I do. And that was like my little secret inside. So I was still yeah. afraid to say it because it was- my dream it's I know that like looking back I, I can say yes that is why I left the law firm because I knew I wanted to be a life yes. coach even though it seemed like such a like crazy thing right yes um and I knew it and I'll say this part too so I remember when I finally made the decision to leave the firm and it was a really really hard decision but I remember yes. the day clear as day I remember calling my husband and telling him I remember calling my best friend and I called her and I said I'm finally going to leave. I finally made the decision. It's real. And I'm going to become a life coach. I said it then. And she said to me, but do life coaches make money? So like you can't, for like people who can't see what I'm doing. I was like my, by this big old bubble. And it was like first crushed, crushed. And she would probably feel really sad if she knew that that happened, but it's like, and she does give good advice. She gives great advice and it, it slowed me down in some ways that were probably good because I did run a super successful solo venture and I was able to make the money, save the money to afford coaching and to afford everything else. But that did definitely burst my bubble. And I think it took me a couple of steps back. And when you validated it and you said, Wendy, do you see yourself as a coach? It's like my bubble grew again. So especially from someone who I respect, like you say, I see you coaching. I'm like, okay, if Nakia is doing it and she was a lawyer and then a coach and consultant, all these amazing things, if she did it, I can do it. And if she sees that in me, like that is, that says something. Like if someone- And you are so, when I say it's like, you are such a natural coach like you, it's so, it is so natural to me when I see it. Cause I, and I think that, you know, and you really have, and I'm, I'm so glad to hear you owning when you, when you first started doing um, health and well, that was health and wellness coaching. You didn't, may not have seen it as that, but that's exactly what you were doing. You were, tra- you were helping people to experience a transformation and you are amazing at it. You are in your zone. You are in your zone. And I love that for you. I absolutely love that for you. So let's talk about your coaching business. So tell us exactly what is it that you help people do in your coaching programs? All sorts of things. But I think at the root of it where it's similar for everybody. So when someone signs on with me, most of my coaching is one-on-one. 
Okay. So in every, I, I don't have a cookie cutter approach. Everybody has different things that they want to transform about themselves, yeah. their work, their life, etc. But I think what I offer each person is I give them this space where they have an hour that is, or half an hour, depending how we do it, is all about them. And I listen so intently and I listen so intently and deeper than anyone else listened to this person like ever, because we yeah. don't. And I, I think because I am incredibly intuitive and incredibly empathetic, I get to the root of what is going on super fast. So they can tell me something, I get them, I understand them. Like I literally like can feel my client. I step in their shoes and then I can say to her, hey, is this what you mean? And say it in a nice, simple way of like what is going on in her brain? Like, yeah, that is what I'm dealing with. And then like once we know what she's dealing with, and it can be a myriad of things, it can be how her firm is running, her marriage, how she talks with her children, yeah. then we, we identify the problem, put it in a way that makes sense, help her with her mindset about the problem, because usually she's talking really terribly about herself to herself, saying things you would never say to your best friend. And I use that yes. a lot. I'm like, would you ever talk to your best friend that way? And like help her reframe her mindset. But then rather than just like, okay, talking and mindset, like, no, like it, we, we can't stop there. It's not just all mindset work. It's not all just like talking. Um, what it really is next is, okay, what concrete steps do we need to take so we get you from here to where you want to be? Yes. Um, what actually do we need to be doing? Because as much as it's so important to be mindful and that's great, like I know I feel better when I'm doing and accomplishing. Yeah with the mindset and I help them do and accomplish as well. So they're usually by, as we work together, they are more uh, rested. Uh, they've actually tuned into themselves more. They feel less burnt out. They are getting their work done. They are not slacking. Like I know all the secrets, right? So like I was, before I was the secret keeper with family law, right? So I knew all the yes. secrets. Now I know all the secrets about the inner working of women in the law, whether they are way at the beginning of their career or they're like a partner at a big ginormous firm. Like yes. I know the secrets and the secrets are women never feel like they're enough. They yes. don't feel like they belong there. They feel like they're an imposter. They feel like they're a fraud and sometimes, and they get so scared about doing the work. They, don't do the work. they just, yes. Don't. So they just like bury their head in the sand and they don't do it. And then when they don't do it, they're not getting their bonuses. They're not like yeah. on the track they want. It's a ripple. It's a ripple effect. It affects everything. And sometimes too, the women at some of these firms, they're like, well, I should be partner because that's what I owe. There's that word. Partner. There's that word. They don't actually want it. And that's the other part. They're, they've been told you want to be partner at the big firm you or then you want to be equity partner or you want yes. to be shareholder. And then I have conversations with them and they're like, I can see it from the minute we start talking. It's not what they actually want, but they, yes. they need to do a lot of talking about it and a lot of self-discovery. And I give them a lot of homework so they actually know what they want. And then they can be comfortable where they are. And they can say, okay, not for me, but what am I going to do in my role now? And how can I make my role and advocate for my role? In the same way my dad helped me advocate for me, which is interesting. Yes. Now, I help them advocate for them within their firm and give them yes. the same pushes and nudges and starters of conversations that they need to have with the people around them. So that's, I'd say that's what my one-on-one -on -one work looks like. And that's freedom, right? I mean, you're, you're really helping them to feel free because there is this place of, you know, and I hear women say this all the time. 
I don't know what I want. I don't know what I should be doing, I, I, it, but something's not right. And so giving them the space to really explore it and find what that is, I think is really powerful. So how do you balance? Well, do you balance? How do you balance this with the law? Where where do you where do you stand now with practicing law? I mean, you're a coach, you're a lawyer. Are you a lawyer? Co you're a lawyer coach. So what? Where where is your practice in all of this? So it's shifted a lot in the last eighteen months, a lot. And I knew, and I say it this: I wanted to turn off this bigot of litigation, which is really scary. Which means I am not accepting any more litigation cases. Yes. Um, so that was my step one. So if someone called me up the phone, like, well, the other side's a bulldog or she's a narcissist or he's a this, or uh, you, you can tell, you can tell in yes. two seconds being on the phone with somebody. I don't like, that's going to be a case. That's no drama, no more drama, no drama. So none, no more of that, but I still practice law in terms of, I still mediate, I mediate family law disputes. So, and I really enjoy that. And I really enjoy mediate, mediating, you know, two partners, two spouses, with attorneys, without attorneys present. Like I, again, it's it's coaching. It, I was a, I, you took the words out of my mouth. I was gonna say, you know why? You know why you love that? Because it's coaching. You're coaching them through a dispute. It's the same thing, and that's that's your zone. And it feels good, and I feel like I'm in a good spot there. And what I'm really good at in mediation is really, again, intently listening being super curious and then being able to explain it to the other side and hopefully a different way where they start to understand where this person's coming from. So I enjoy mediation and then I still represent children, right? Because that's why I went yeah. to law school. I went to law yeah. school to represent kids. So I usually represent at least three kids and three different families at a time. Yeah. And that is how I still, like you might still see me around the courthouse, right? Or yes. I, might, I still get to be in the community and like, kind of have my finger on the pulse there. And again, it's why I went to law school. So why would I give that up right now? So I want you to talk a little bit about um, something that I know, I know, but for myself in terms of, you know, when I have made transitions and especially coming from litigation and moving into this new space, right? Like, you know, you're doing the coaching, um, pulling on what your best friend said about, you know, life coaches don't make any money, which is absolutely not true. And I'm sure that you have learned that now, but how do you balance that, right? Because when you are, and, and I work with a lot of clients who go through this when they are, they are, you know, reinventing themselves or they're moving into this new space. And, you know, you and I did that and, and transitioning from your litigation practice to adding coaching, but how do you say no to the thing that feeds you, that puts money on the table, that is how you feed your family, that's how you you know, it's a very difficult thing. I know it because I have lived through it and I've also coached clients through it. So I'd love for you to just share with us how you've made that transition and how has that financial, um, financial, I don't want to say the word burden, but that financial shift, how have you managed to, to handle that? It's scary. I'm not going to lie. It is scary as heck. And there are days that I feel amazing. And there are days like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? So I have a couple things to say. So, but like acknowledging that it's scary. The weirdest part I'm feeling right now, and I'll sort of start with the good, I guess. The weirdest part is like, you know, as lawyers, we only make money. We're 
the old model is, I know the model is shifting, but the old yes. model is billing for our time. Right. So we, you know, bill 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0.3, and we get the corresponding dollar amount. Yes. So we trade well, hours for dollars typically. So our, my mind is still very much thinking if I am not working, if I am not on the computer, if I am not talking, yes. I am not making money. And yes. I am still breaking that thought process. Like I, yes. I am still in the midst of trying to shelve that one because it's really hard. Because for what, yes. 18 years, I've had a timer running. Yes. Time, and like I build my time, right? So even when I first started coaching or I first started like doing the health and wellness business, I'd like my inclination would be to reach for like a pen and paper to like write down how much yes. time I'm spending so I could bill for it. So that shift has been really, really hard. It was interesting last year though. So last year I gave up litigation, right? You know, we gave up litigation and I still had some litigation pieces. Yeah. Able to actually, I ran, I, my QuickBooks for my law firm, I've started really differentiating my income. So I know what each, it's not just like income. It's yes. family law income, which is litigation, BIA, mediation, parent coordination. I've prenuptial agreements. I've really parsed that out so I could see. Yes. And what I could see is the litigation went down on my QuickBooks, you know, on the yes. monthly reports. But then I compared that with my life coaching QuickBooks that I have, you know, in a different QuickBooks folder. And I actually made more money last year. Yeah. Right? Isn't that crazy? But I have it's to amazing. remind myself. And like, and it's even more, it's like, where do I have more fun? Do I have more fun coaching or litigating coaching? Yeah. And then I also said to myself, okay, so what's, what hard am I going to, I, there's several things I tell myself, you know, what hard do I need to choose? Like, yeah. do I want a $10,000 retainer so I can go try a case that if I'm, if I say a $10,000 retainer to a family law person, that means there's going to be some nonsense in the case. It's going yes. to be difficult. There's, if I say $10,000, someone off the bat, that means I know there's going to be a lot of litigation and annoying phone calls. And yes. But if I tell a client $10,000 to work for me and I receive the payment from her and I am a coaching client, a coaching client, a coaching client. So when a coaching client pays me $10,000, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so excited. We are both up level, like it up levels me as a coach, uh, up levels yes. her as an owner of her law firm and how she is going to make that law, this law firm like the best law firm ever this year. And we are both excited. Like we're excited yes. about spending the money. It's not like a family law client. Here's my $10,000. Like I'm giving you my life savings to go, you know, endure well, emotional distress that I, that this case is going to bring me. No yeah. return on investment, really. Like, yeah, no return on investment. Exactly. And then with the life coaching, the return on investment, like, oh my gosh, like I have it's exponential. Someone in particular in mind, like I chills yeah. of what we're going to do with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's. But no, it's scary. I, I'm not going to lie. It's scary. But then it's like, okay, so what? But then there's one other piece that someone had said to me with regard to like life and where we want to be. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about being a lawyer is, you know, we can always fall back on being a lawyer, right? Yeah. Like at the end of it. But then she's, the woman said it this way. She said, okay, imagine your most perfect life. So my most perfect life, I am exactly as you read in my intro, I am doing all those things. 99.9% .9 of the yeah. time, a little bit of mediation, a little bit of, you know, representing children. 
And she was like, and what's the worst possible thing if you don't achieve that? Or if it, you fall flat on your face or something happens. Yeah. Well, the worst possible thing is I'll go back to being a family law litigator. Like I know yeah. how to do it. I can do it. And then she says, how does it feel to be living in your worst possible scenario? Wow. That's profound. Right. And I was like, oh. Whoa. Oh. Okay. Because like we're never like we're attorneys. Like we're never yeah. going to be like doing like jobs that we really don't want to be doing. Right? Like, and even so, like I still have my other fall, fallback job, like Starbucks barista. I would love to do that. Trade work at Trader Joe's. <laughs> I would love to do that. You know, there's things I, I will make it work. Like I know I will make it work. But if I can make like, so that gives me a lot of comfort as well in terms of there is a fallback plan. Yeah. It gives me comfort. But when I actually think about it, I'm like, well, does it give me comfort? Because it's my worst possible scenario. Like, no, yeah. it gives me like the, permission the drive to pursue and never go back there yeah yeah and i love that because you know what it is what you're what you just said it it's all perspective right it's all perspective and so you know one of the things that i had to coach myself through and and help clients to see is that you can do it right you can walk away from this thing we just need a plan for how we're going to replace that income and there is nothing greater, and you, I know, will agree with me on this. There is nothing greater than making the same or even more money doing something that you absolutely enjoy. I mean, just over the moon excited about. There's nothing in this world that's greater than that. Like, it's almost like you almost are like, wow, I got paid for that. Like, I just, like, this is amazing, right? And so I love that for you. I love that you. Um, that you understand that and that the perspective is right there and you will never, you won't have to go back because you are walking in such an amazing place. And, you, and I, I already know it. <laughs> I already know it. I already know it. You know, that's the other thing is like the money doesn't feel real, you know? So yes. like I have two different accounts. So I have my law firm account and I have my life coach account, you know, bank yeah. account. and it's really hard for me to touch the life coach money sometimes because it, it feels like, I can, I, I get paid for this. This is right. like, yeah, because my law firm revenue is decreasing on purpose, which is yes. so hard to see. It's still hard, it's to, hard see. to see. Yes. Like, but like, that's how I'm used to paying myself every month. So yes. and my husband keeps saying, hun, you know, you can take money from here. Like, it's okay. <laughs> like you can do that. I'm like, it's your money, Wendy. It really is yours. It's, it's, <laughs> It, it again, it's wrapping my brain around, oh, this is my new income. Like this, yes, yes I can use this as monthly income. And it's wrapping my brain around like ha making money like in a happy way. And it's yeah. not for the point one. Like it's, yeah. I'll get there. I know I, I, I am. It. You are there. You are her now. You are being her now. I love that. I love that. Well, Wendy, this has been as amazing as I knew it would be, I thank you so much for for being vulnerable and transparent and sharing with us. You know, you know, it it, it would be easy to get on here and just say, "Oh, I live this fabulously wonderful life, and I am so much happier." But I love that you were so transparent about the journey that you that got you here and the journey that you're still on. Right, like you you are still working through this, and you're still checking your bank account and wondering how you even got all this money, but when it didn't feel like you worked hard for it and that is a a progress and that's a progression um and so i thank you for sharing that i really do and i am so proud of you i i tell 
everyone about you. You are just so amazing. And um, and to see your transformation and your glow up in real time, for me to get a, have a front seat to see that it is a joy to watch. And I wish you nothing but continued blissful happiness and keep transforming these lives because I know that you can do it. Thank you. I appreciate that more. Your words in particular, I appreciate probably more than most people's out there. So that means a lot to me. Thank you so much. So Wendy, tell us, um, and we'll definitely have links in the show notes, but let us know where can people find you? There are lots of lawyers that listen to this podcast and there could be some um, some women who are feeling everything that you said and they want to get in touch with you. Tell us how they can find you. The absolute best way is probably to visit my website, which is wendysmeadows.com is my website. And then right on the very top piece there's a place there's a call book with me here and it will sign you up we can talk for 30 minutes and when just so people know when you sign up to talk with me for 30 minutes if you want to know how to work with me i will certainly share that with you but the last thing that is is like a what do i like like a hardcore pitch sales pitch yes. it is not that you're not gonna like i'm not gonna make you make a decision right. in five minutes or else we're never speaking again that's <laughs> done too many times to me i yes i despise those <laughs> It's just for us to talk if you're like yeah wendy we jive cool we'll talk about what it looks like to work with me or if you're like cool wendy we just made new a new friendship a new connection great amazing but you know no yes. i love that i love that thank you for that so we'll have links to, to all to your website so that people can find you thank you so much wendy i really appreciate you i appreciate you I hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to buildyourowntablepodcast.com to connect with me. I'm Nikita Gray. I'll see you next time.